0: Welcome to SaltCast. Uh, my name is Bob Turner, and I am the director of the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training, or SALT. And once again, we are very thankful and blessed to have with us Chris McCurley. Welcome Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Uh, I've got a lot I really want to <laughs> pick your brain about. Uh, several years ago, I did some research where I, I studied... Uh, the past hundred years. I, I looked at every decade separately. Mm-hmm. And what I was trying to do was I was looking at who it was that served as the president of the United States the longest. I realized that in some decades we had two presidents, sometimes three. Uh-huh. But I wanted to know who it was that served the longest mm-hmm. during that decade. And then I looked at, okay, what was going on in, in the United States? What was going on in the world? What, what kind of things were occurring that they had to face, they had to deal with decisions they had mm-hmm. to make? And, and I looked at the definition of leadership at that time, hmm. in that decade. How did, what was the most common definition of leadership during that decade? So from 1920 to our present 2020, right. I was looking at each decade, and, and it was fascinating. It was an incredible study. I bet. And so one of the things that came out of that was a question mm-hmm. in regards to, okay, who or what was influencing the other was it the culture of the time that was influencing the leadership of our country and moving them in a certain direction in regards to the policy and and leadership and everything that was being done? Mm -hmm. Or do we find that the leadership during that time was influencing and driving the direction of our culture and and taking it from one decade to the next, from one generation to the next, to what we've seen from the busters and boomers and Mm -hmm. millennials and, and so on and what we're facing now. And so what I'd like to talk about is the relationship of the, the culture and the influence of the culture in the church, because everyone is aware the impact that our culture is having on, especially our younger generation. So if you would share with us some things that you think are very prevalent and that are very critical when we think about the influence of our current culture on the church today.
1: Yeah. I think that any major movement in our culture is going to seep into the church just always is. So this idea that we can avoid it or put it off or keep it at arm's length, that's not going to happen. You will have to confront it. And so how do you confront it? Well, that's where we get ourselves into trouble so many times is either we don't want to confront it. So we just ignore it and turn a blind eye and hope that it goes away or we confront it in ways that are hateful and malicious, and right. and so we we do the exact opposite of what we've been called to do. Um, I think what we're seeing today and what is really affecting our young people is uh, just a an overall lack of respect for God. Authority of God's word, all those kind of things, because we live in a culture now that um, seems to have launched an attack, has right. got its weapons of mass destruction pointed right at you know the home, the family, um, you know God, His word, and because you know you dismantle those things, well, you remove uh, a, a something that's been the standard for so long. You get that out of the way. Well, then it's you know a free for all, right. and uh, our our culture. Is, is really having a huge influence on our young people and really, you know, not just our young people, but it's making its way into the church. And so unfortunately the church has compromised on a lot of these things in order to be more catering. Um, I personally believe that uh, one of the big errors we make is that we expect anyone that comes from the world that comes into church to rise up to our level immediately.
0: Mm, yes. You come in and
1: get baptized and we'll talk to you, you know, and right. that's, that's not how this works. Another thing that we've got to realize and recognize is the world has always been the world, you know, and, and that's not changing, that's you true. know, it's always been that way and they will always be that way. And so you can either, uh, figure out a right approach or you can just be mad and you can post stuff on Facebook and drive them further away, you right. know? And so I think the better option of the former, not the latter is that we find a way to, to get in touch with folks in the world and try to make a difference and change. And, and listen, the world doesn't care what my stance is on a cappella singing versus instrumental music. I the, agree. Yeah. The world outside does not care whether we use one cup or multiple cups in right. communion on Sunday morning. I'll tell you what many of them do care about, though. Do I care? And that's always going to come first. We in the church have fooled ourselves into believing that we can win them over with truth. Our world doesn't even know what truth is. Have you noticed that? Yes. They don't even know what truth is. And so nobody's going to care how many Bible passages you can quote. They want to know, do you care about them? And that's where it starts.
0: Yeah. And I think about the contrast. I don't remember the first time I heard this, but the difference between the Acts 2 culture and the Acts 17 culture. Oh, absolutely. yeah. And, and thinking about the way that Peter, what he did, yeah. is he, he's quoting half of his sermon, his book, chapter, and verse from the Old Testament. You get to Acts 17, and Paul mm-hmm. in Athens, I mean, he doesn't use any Bible. Right. I mean, he's right. using their own poets to try to reach them. And, exactly. And we're really living in that Acts 17 culture. I agree. And we need to learn from that. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you in connection to that, how you think technology has maybe impacted the influence that sure. has been a part of that.
1: Yeah, I've said before, I think Twitter's ruining our world, but
0: uh, but I am not,
1: I'm not that old. not the Oval Office now. <laughs> exactly. I'm not that old guy that shakes his fist at a cloud, you know, and that kind of thing or get off my lawn because I do believe that social media is a great opportunity. Absolutely. And I believe that Jesus would use every avenue at his disposal if he were here, sure. if he came at this time instead of in the first century. Uh, so I, I think... I mean, having three kids that have grown up in a technological age, I've seen what it can do and how it can influence uh, for a negative uh, cause but also for a positive cause because you know I, I think using facebook Instagram social media of course you know the funny thing is I use Facebook a lot you know the younger generation now they don't even care about facebook they're on right? you know they're, yes. they're Instagram you know or snapchat you know, <laughs> yeah. and uh, obviously there's a lot of negative associated with those, but you know I, I think it's like This may be an inflated number, but I think it's like so many million people, 4 million maybe per day, um, you know, uh, search or Google God on the Internet. I mean, I don't know what the motive is for everybody that does that, but I mean, we need to be a presence. Obviously, we need to have some sort of presence on social media. And that's why for my part, you know, I make sure that everything that's on Facebook or on Instagram or on, um, you know, Twitter is related to whatever the sermon series we're doing, you know, something that will get the message out there and not political messages. I know a lot of our brethren, maybe even a lot of our preachers use Facebook to make some sort of doctrinal stance or political statement. And I see back and forth there between brethren, you know, arguing and uh, and all I can think is the lost are still lost that's and they're right. sitting there. Maybe somebody who has no connection with church is watching this conversation play out going, yeah, I don't want to be a part of whatever it is Absolutely. they're a part of, yeah. you know? So, I mean, if you're going to use it, use it well and think about the lost and think about the
0: culture that's 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 reading this. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I was visiting with Brandon Edwards and he was talking about the reverse gospel meeting Uh, and how that they use the concept of telling everybody in the congregation, don't invite people to come. Instead, ask them what questions do they have? And bring those questions in, and we will bring in the people that are experts in those, answering those particular questions, and we will live stream this thing. Yes, And you can tell people, they can watch it from their home. They don't have to come. And I want to say he told me they've had like 4 million views of those lessons that they did. Uh, I think in India, he said he didn't even realize it was going to India. They had like 300 baptisms and... Uh, he said that uh, they had over like 3,000 questions. that That's given. amazing. You know, to use that kind of out-of-box thinking yeah. to be able to teach people and to answer things that, that people think are relevant to them and that they want to know. And, and, and that's key because uh, out-of-box thinking
1: or or just thinking at all, you know, I mean, <laughs> for so long. We've just been attached to our tradition and how we do things. And we're, we're not good at adapting and adjusting. Let's just be honest. Not yeah. as a whole, we're not. I mean, some places are doing it well. Some churches are doing it well. But as a whole, you know, change is not something we really embrace. And so if we're going to reach the current culture, if we're going to make a dent, we're going to have to be able to change our approach. Sure.
0: You know. Well, how would you encourage elders? Uh, mm-hmm. here's, here's the challenge that I see with, with this particular discussion is many times, as we've talked about, elders are going to be older. Mm-hmm. They're not always as tech savvy mm-hmm. and sometimes resistant to technology, uh, current technology and the changes that are taking place in technology. And yet they're, they're having to lead and deal with the, the influence of our culture in the church yeah. in such a way that they're trying to figure out how do we approach this situation to, to make a dent in the world in which we live what how would you encourage them what to be thinking about maybe what they need to consider to do in order to yeah. to help move in that direction well i think first of all they've
1: got to be able to see the world through a different lens through younger eyes right i mean an un- unwillingness to do that uh, almost makes you unfit to serve i believe right. you know you've got to be able to see things um, You've got, you can't have tunnel vision and be a good leader. Right. So you've got to be able to see things from a different perspective, from younger eyes. And also being able to maybe, you know, I've seen, I've seen old, the older generation not want to, you know, catch up with technology. So we'll send out emails through the church and things like that. Well, they don't even want to turn on a computer. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want a smartphone or anything like right. that. Um, but you've got to be willing I think, to be an effective leader, to say, you know what, this is not something I'm comfortable with or even like, but I'm going to try to make a connection here because I've got to be willing to see things the way that they need to be seen because the culture around me is changing. If I'm not going to see that and I'm, I'm just going to put blinders on, then how can I be an effective leader? So that's a big thing. is an awareness that things are changing and I've got to be willing. Maybe I don't have to change with it, but I've got to be able to recognize that there is change going on so that we can... So we can reach folks. I mean, because it's always going to change. Oh, yeah. And and as I said, we're not real good at, at adapting and at adjusting. But that, to me, has a lot to do with why we're kind of dying where we sit, too. Yeah, you know? abandoning
0: that resistant
1: attitude. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you can't just hold up and say, we're not going to do anything. No, it, yeah. yes,
0: because that's going to lead to the death of the church. But, I mean, you eventually. know,
1: Bob, many of the things that we do that we won't change are things that were born out of a tradition many years ago because of change. That's you know? exactly right. And so we, we, we recognize that at a time this was important and it was a tradition that needed to happen and needed to start and needed to ke- be carried on. And now when it comes time to change those traditions, no, I mean, yeah. we, we don't want to do
0: that. Yeah. Well, thank you again. I thank tell you, Bob. this is one of those areas that I, I would love to discuss all day. And sure. I think it's very relevant and leaders need to know. Uh, areas that can help them because it's, it's happening. It's, it's not like it's futuristic Absolutely. and they're going to have to deal with it now, but yeah. I appreciate the time. Thanks I appreciate Bob. Thank you, you coming by and staying with us and uh, sharing with us some great thoughts that I think are going to be very helpful to those who are listening in. And we want to thank all of you for taking time to be with us today. Uh, we appreciate uh, the opportunity to share information that we hope is beneficial and encouraging to each of you. Again, my name is Bob Turner, and I'm the director of the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training. And Chris McCurley, thank you again for being thank with you, us. Appreciate, Appreciate it. Appreciate your time. And we encourage you to continue to listen in each week as we discuss matters that will benefit and encourage you and the congregation where you work. And we pray that you have a great day. God bless.